He was silent a while, and during his silence Dr. Van Helsing spoke. Friend Jonathan, this is to you for twice reasons. First, because you are young and brave and can fight, and all the energies may be needed at the last. And again, that it is your right to destroy him. That which has wrought such woe to you and others. Be not afraid for Madame Mina. She will be my care if I may. I am old. My legs are not so quick to run as once, and I am not used to ride so long or pursue as need be, or to fight with lethal weapons. But I can be of other service. I can fight another way, and I can die if need be as well as younger men. Now let me say that what I would is this. While you, my Lord Galdeming, and friend Jonathan go in your so swift little steamboat up the river, and whilst John and Quincy guard the bank where perchance he might be landed, I will take Madame Mina right into the heart of the enemy's country. Whilst the old fox is tied in his boat, floating on the running stream whence he cannot escape to land, where he dares not raise the lid of his coffin-box lest his Slovak carrier should in fear leave him to perish, we shall go in the track where Jonathan went, from Bistritz over the Borgo, and find our way to the castle of Dracula. Here Madame Mina's hypnotic power will surely help, and we shall find our way, all dark and unknown otherwise. After the first sunset we are near that fateful place. There is much to be done, and other places to be made sanctify, so that the nest of the vipers be obliterated. Here, Jonathan interrupted him hotly. Do you mean to say, Professor Van Helsing, that you would bring Mina, in her sad case, and tainted as she is with the devil's illness, right into the jaws of his death-trap? Not for the world, not for heaven or hell! He became almost speechless for a minute, and then went on. Do you know what that place is? Have you seen that awful den of hellish infamy? With the very moonlight alive with grisly shapes and every speck of dust that whirls in the wind a devouring monster and embryo. Have you felt the vampire's lips upon your throat? Here he turned to me, and as his eyes lit on my forehead he threw up his arms with a cry. Oh, my God! What have we done to have this terror upon us? And he sank down on the sofa in a collapse of misery. The professor's voice, as he spoke in clear, sweet tones which seemed to vibrate in the air, calmed us all. 